welcome back to episode 88 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another episode dedicated to all things Draft FPL. And in this episode, we're looking ahead to game week two. So we've just come out of the opening weekend of the season and it's nice to have football back. Uh, the results were pretty much as expected. There were one or two upsets in there, depending on your point of view. Um, I guess you could say that Brighton going to uh, Old Trafford and getting a result was a bit of an upset, but um, I had them down to get a result there. Uh, and probably um, the, the biggest surprise of the weekend was Bournemouth coming out 2-0 victors over Aston Villa, who everyone's got pretty high expectations for this uh, this season. And uh, yeah, it just still doesn't seem to be clicking there. And even though we're only one game week in, as it stands, I think next to uh, Hassan Hutu at Southampton, I've got Gerrard as one of the more likely managers to lose their job sooner rather than later, unfortunately. Arsenal looked well, uh, played well against Crystal Palace, um, deserved winners there. Fulham came out of the blocks absolutely flying in that match against Liverpool, but unfortunately just couldn't maintain the energy levels for, for the whole 90 minutes, but will, I'm sure, be delighted with the 2-2 draw. Newcastle looked pretty solid uh, against Forest. Um, Spurs, obviously a bit of a blip at the beginning, but then overran Southampton, who were really poor in the end. So I think it's quite hard to judge Spurs based off that game because Southampton really did fall apart. Chelsea managed to stutter their way to uh, a 1-0 win against Everton. Good comeback for uh, Brentford and, uh, as expected, Erling Haaland with two goals on his Premier League debut for Man City away at West Ham and uh, probably not the first time we're going to see him scoring some goals just like that. So I'm recording this episode on uh, Monday the 8th of August in the evening so any team news, injury developments or press conference clues um, will be up to date as of then and of course subject to change. Of course we only have one game week's worth of data to, uh, to play with here but I've managed to pick out a decent handful of names to discuss this episode including Dewsbury Hall, Pascal Gross and Harvey Elliott. So let's get into it. So not a huge amount really to discuss on the fixture barometer this week. If we're looking at streaming defenders, uh, West Ham are not a bad shout if there are some of those floating around on your waiver wire. Same with Brighton and Villa are also probably a good shout, though as I said, they really did look uh, pretty shambolic in that opening game. They do have Everton at home, who themselves have lots of injury struggles, particularly, well, at both ends of the pitch. So not a bad shout there, but I would be slightly reluctant to uh, to go with the Villa defender unless you drafted the likes of Cash or, or Dean, in which case I think you definitely start them. At the other end, I think uh, if you can get a Leeds attacker in away to Southampton, definitely worth a shout. And the same with uh, one of the West Ham attackers away to Forest, but I expect most of the uh, likely candidates there were taken on draft day. So let's get into the main picks. And uh, I guess I have to highlight right at the beginning, Danny Ward in goal for Leicester. Schmeichel's left and joined Nice, which uh, as it stands is leaving Danny Ward as the number one. Not heard Leicester um, linked with any other goalkeepers, but there's still a few weeks left in the window. So there's still a chance they do get somebody in. I think if you're in desperate need of a keeper, if you picked up the likes of um, McCarthy and, and maybe Fabianski on draft day and you're left with none at the moment, then then I would definitely pick him up. But uh, if you're in smaller leagues, I think you can definitely leave him alone for now. I wouldn't bother for a few weeks while the fixtures are a bit tricky uh, from a defensive point of view. 
Next, let's talk about a couple of Brighton attackers uh, following their very good 2-1 win away at Old Trafford on Sunday, um, starting with Pascal Gross, who is uh, an old draft FPL favourite of mine. I've had him in my team many a week over the last few years, particularly um, sort of three years ago when they first came up. And if you look at the per 90 XGX uh, A stats, so expected goals and assists, he currently sits in very fine company after the opening game. Uh, sitting in third behind the likes of Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunes. Brighton have Newcastle at home next game, a fixture which last year we'd have all been targeting, but we do now have to recalibrate that slightly. I think a score draw is probably coming here. Neither team will want to lose, and given how well they played at Old Trafford on Sunday, I don't think we'll see any major moves away from that starting eleven. so he should be reasonably assured of a start. In front of him is Danny Welbeck, still going strong. Kind of guy that if you told me he was 24 or 39, I wouldn't be surprised either way. When looking at the same stats we were discussing with Gross, Welbeck is next on the list with an expected goal involvement per 90 of around one. And he'd have been taken in a lot of draft days already. But if you're in smallish leagues and needing a playing striker, he's a very good streaming striker that uh, could do a job for you for a fair few weeks as they have a run of seven pretty favourable fixtures in a row now. Next is Dewsbury Hall for Leicester. Bit of sweet one for me. I picked him up in round 15 of the draft as a punt just to see what he'll do. Um, and I only went and benched him for the opening goal of the season. Cracking goal uh, with the next G of like minus two from wherever he took it from. Promising signs and there doesn't really seem to be much competition for his spot in the starting 11. So I think we can see plenty of minutes from him. So at worst, you may be picking up ones and twos. But given the energy he brings, I don't really see him getting subbed off pre-60 minutes in many of their games. You might want to wait and see a little bit longer. Um, Leicester don't have the best opening run. They go away to Arsenal. Um, good game at home to Southampton, then Chelsea United and away to Brighton. So maybe you want to hold on a little bit longer and just collect a bit more data on him. Um, but if you're particularly keen on getting him in for that home fixture against Southampton in game week three, then uh, then you may need to go early and get him in this week. Another midfielder, and that's... Uh, World Cup winner Ilke Gundogan for Manchester City. Now, you don't need me to tell you that uh, Gundogan knows where the goal is. And with Bernardo Silva seemingly at the centre of a transfer rumour that's gaining momentum by the day, uh, if things carry on as they are, we could see him continue to start a fair few games. There's not really a huge amount of competition for that spot unless they drop Foden deeper, um, which is another, uh, another option. I think many leagues would have had Gundogan taken on draft day, but definitely worth picking up even just as a short term uh, a short-term pump because any of those Manchester City midfielders on their day can score one or two um, and we know he can do it and uh, yeah just generally a situation to be aware of if you're someone that uh, drafted Bernardo Silva on draft day. Back into uh, defence and I can't believe that in a world with uh, Matt Doherty, Jed Spence, Ivan Perisic, Ryan Sessegnon, uh, I'm having to highlight this guy. That's Emerson Royal. A guy I thought would have been out the door already. He was very, very fortunate to get the tally that he did on the opening day. And I wouldn't expect anything similar at Stamford Bridge. But if you did want to gamble on someone for the week, I'm fairly sure he starts that game uh, as our most defensively minded wing back. And even though he still is a bit of a donkey when it comes to uh, the final third, he probably will find himself there at times in that game. And with the with the front three that he's uh, looking to feed, it only takes a pretty simple pass to find one of them and he could be with an assist. I wouldn't use this, uh, you know, I wouldn't plot this as being a really long-term move because I think that's uh, that spot's gone from him sooner rather than later once Doherty and Spence uh, are up to speed. But 
certainly just for this week as a little one week punt. Um, he's certainly in form. You could do a lot worse. Let's have a look at a few hidden gems. So these are all players who are generally owned in less than 10% of draft leagues. Starting with uh, Leandro Dendonka for Wolves. Uh, managed three shots in that game to, against Leeds. Next year, 0.52 overall, which isn't bad for someone who's reasonably defensively minded in midfield as well. Worth seeing how that evolves uh, moving forward. One or two of his shots weren't the most replicable. Um, there was a header from a corner, which he's not uh, not really renowned for getting on the end of those. Um, and, and another one from a, a situation that broke down. So, you know, if you're in a really big league, you know, 16 team, he's someone to keep an eye on. And if he does reasonably well next week, could be worth pick, picking up as a fifth mid, but uh, not much more than that. Likewise, his teammate Huang, with Jimenez out uh, and Moutinho also getting injured in training, which is another reason why Dendonka could be worth picking up for a, for a bit. Um, then we didn't just see Huang come in. We also saw Gibbs White come in, who was our most hidden gem pick last weekend. Um, so he got a start. But Huang's expected assist um, for that game was 0.53. And I think he's very likely to play again in game week two. And if you are in one of those larger leagues um, and you had the choice between Huang and Dendonka, I would definitely go uh, with Huang, who's a lot more advanced. Um, but uh, yeah, just another one to keep an eye on. Next, a couple of uh, Everton defenders, Keane and Holgate. Looks like Mina and Godfrey are going to be out for a while. We know Godfrey's going to miss at least three months um, with a, a fracture ankle dislocation. And Mina also looked to pull up uh, off the ball, so I doubt he'll be available next week. They're away to Villa in game week two and in the state that they are not the worst fixture on paper. And then with Forrest, Brentford and Leeds in the following three games, they could do a job for you for a good few weeks. And we know both of them know where the goal is. Keane particularly can pop up from a header from a set piece at any given time. Yeah, and definitely ones to look at if if you're streaming one or two defenders this week. And not often in the... uh, hidden gem section can we bring up a Liverpool asset but I'm going to mention Harvey Elliott here who I think is very likely to start next weekend in place of the injured Thiago he looked really good uh, when he came on in that game against Fulham and he's always looking to feed Salah and it could you know he could he's another one similar to Emerson Royal could just get one of those assists with a reasonably simple five ten yard pass in midfield to Salah who then runs and does the rest puts it in the top corner and uh, Harvey Elliott's collecting three points for an assist I think if you are in a larger league and you wait too long on him, uh, he will get taken by someone else. Finally, always worth mentioning a striker that could be on the cards, um, particularly when starting strikers can be pretty hard to come by. And that's Adam Armstrong for Southampton. Now, this is really one if you're desperate. Didn't really do much uh, in the game against Spurs and was then subbed off at half-time for his namesake, Stuart Armstrong. But it looks like Jay Adams could be out the door, potentially heading to Leeds. And uh, there really aren't many other options there. I think I think Shane Long's maybe still there. I'll have to double check that. But otherwise, unless they're going to just play without and out false nines like Redmond and Stuart Armstrong, then uh, then Armstrong will get some games. So if you're really, really desperate, not, not the worst one to get. My most hidden gem pick this week, so that's a, a player owned in less than 10% of 16-team draft leagues, is Marcus Tavernier, who's just joined uh, Bournemouth from uh, Middlesbrough for a decent fee by their standards. I think he went for 10 to 12 million pounds. And Scott Parker threw him straight into the starting lineup. And by most uh, most Bournemouth accounts, mo- you know, most uh, most guys who follow Bournemouth have him as the man of the match for that game. He's a left footer, naturally left-sided player, um, you know, tends to play in left midfield, but can play centrally as well. Loads of energy, someone that uh, Bournemouth are obviously putting a lot of stock in. Take set pieces. 
has a bit of an eye for goal, but he's not been prolific so far. He's only 23. And with Brooks still on his way back uh, to uh, full fitness, he seems like the most likely deputy and could be one of those breakout stars that tend to emerge from the uh, newly promoted teams. So lots of excitement about him in the Bournemouth camp, straight in the starting eleven. I think if you're in a 16-team league, if he does something this weekend, then you may have missed the boat. But I am obviously very aware that they're away to City, at home to Arsenal, and then away to Liverpool in game week four. And so you should very sensibly say, I will wait a few more weeks. But I'm just mentioning him now. So when he does kick off, I can say that I picked him after one week. Uh, on the get rid list, um, Godfrey, Godfrey and Mina, obviously, as I said, injured. Tyrone Mings, as as predicted in one of my pre-season articles, has been dropped from the starting eleven. Probably not worth holding on to him for now. Uh, I nearly put Connor Cody on the get rid list, but uh, latest reports seem to say that he's on his way to Everton imminently. And given what I was just talking about, um, there's a good chance he finds his way straight into that team sooner rather than later. Um, I imagine at the expense of Holgate. Um, could see that being a back three of, of Tarkovsky, Cody in the middle and Keane to the left of him. That's a pretty solid back three there, if you like your England B team. And the other one to drop is uh, Thiago, if you picked him up as well, but that's probably not uh, a bad thing. One of the players who I particularly like the look of after game week one, who will probably only be available on trades, is Inchenko for Arsenal. I think he'll end up playing a lot of games as an eight, just based off what I saw in that opening game, um, and could have a lot of joy from that position. But again, one that you're going to want to pick up uh, a lot sooner rather than later if you don't want to if you don't want to pay too high a price. A couple of guys you might want to consider selling uh, relatively high already are uh, Jacob Ramsey and Coutinho for Aston Villa. Very poor start to the season, as I've said. Um, someone have put a lot of stock into those guys on draft day. When you throw in a poor preseason as well, not only could they just carry on with poor results, but could also find their way out of the starting eleven as well. So, yeah, look to trade off their name and uh, yeah, see what you can get. So that's it for this episode. Uh, not a lot to get our teeth into just yet, as. Uh, We've only seen really less than 90 minutes from most players, but uh, hopefully a few names there to tickle your interest ahead of the waivers, ahead of game week two. Just out of interest, game week two matches kick off at lunchtime on Saturday. So we've got a nice leisurely Friday morning waiver deadline. I also should probably just mention now before somebody messages me or before several of you message me, uh, Maxwell Cornet is not currently in the game at the time of recording this, um, but uh, you know, Naturally, if he does end up in the game, which he should do uh, before uh, Friday's waiver window and you don't have any self-imposed embargoes on new signings like our league does, then uh, yeah, I would definitely punt on uh, on grabbing him. Uh, I'm sure he's he's a, a better option than your fourth or fifth mid. Some reports that side Ben Rama could be leaving West Ham and then that opens up that spot for him on uh, on the left of midfield. And if West Ham go back to the back three, that they've played a lot in uh, pre-season, then I can also see him playing as as the left wing back. Particularly as that uh, that deal for Philippe Kostic seems to have fallen through, as it sounds like Juventus have come knocking, um, then yeah, he could have been the next guy they had lined up and a pretty decent replacement. So if you've been enjoying the podcast or this is the first one, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. There'll be an episode ahead of each game week and uh, we'll have another usual one ahead of game week three next week and then they'll be coming thick and fast between game weeks four five and six because we've got a midweek game week in game week five 
Um, so just one or two days turnaround between each one. If you want to keep up to date on the latest uh, happenings at Draft FC, then give us a follow at Draft underscore FC on Twitter. That's also the easiest way to message us if you need anything. And if you haven't already, make sure you head over to draftfc.co.uk where you'll be able to get personalised stats for your team and league, access to all of the data on our global dashboard, as well as my up-to-date draft rankings and weekly predicted Premier League lineups, which I know can be very helpful when you're plotting your waivers. They're certainly something I tend to look for each week. And I've already updated them for game week two today on Monday the 8th, and we'll probably update them again on Thursday, uh, the day before that waiver window. As we've only been able to see a lot of the dashboard stuff working uh, this weekend, there have been a couple of bugs, but hopefully should all be ironed out by Game Week 2. There is a status page on the site if you're wondering what's working and what's not. Uh, But obviously with the amount of data we're having to process, Game Week 1 was almost like a test run for us and uh, we're getting all of those things ironed out as we speak. So best of luck ahead of Game Week 2. Hopefully you got off to a good start. If not, maybe you can consider... Uh, one or two of the guys that have been mentioned in today's podcast. Um, But as always, stay sharp.